0: Right, hello everybody, Um, a new little thing that I thought I'd try this year is basically after every single game, offering you my opinion on stuff, because what does the internet need more of? My opinion, that's right. Um, So this is just going to be like one of those stream of consciousness, read that as ramblings of a madman type podcasts, because why not? You know, I'll, I'll still do the obviously. I'll still do the pods during the week where I speak to somebody else, one of my esteemed guests. But just for this, you're just gonna get uh, a load of shit that'll be probably half cut from me, um, rambling into the microphone. I wasn't at the game today. Um, Charlotte's going on. Uh, Charlotte's going on a trip on Monday, so we're hunkering down and avoiding Ronnie Rona because um, that's not gonna be the best thing before you before you get on a plane, but. Look, you don't, you don't need all that. I'll be at the Wolves game, hoping to be at the Chelsea game. So, you know, maybe I'll record certain bits in the situation, be one of those melt. I'm not going to do it like a melty vlogger or anything like that. Don't worry if you sat next to me. I'm not going to be embarrassing you or doing like, you know, Tetrunk Trunk reacts type stuff. But just a little kind of, you know, heat of the moment, instant reaction to what we've just watched going on. Because why not, you know? So we've, uh, we've just started the season. We've beaten Southampton 4-1. Uh, I mean, it's pretty good. It's pretty wild. Like, it's in the heat of the moment. And always. I mean, this is pretty much the moment. I'm recording just pretty much after the final whistle's gone. But what I'm talking about is like, when the fourth goal flew in, it was just, it was mad. You know, the second goal went in. Pumping my fucking fists. I'm like, yes, we fought back. We've done this. It's not Southampton. They haven't just managed to score one. They haven't managed to just... Hung, like defend for the rest of the game and we, we haven't managed to break through nah. we've been professional we've just kind of fought through whatever it is that Southampton thought they could bring to us the, the same Southampton, lest we forget just last year who came and did that to us at White Hart Lane or the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as I, as I believe we're contractually obliged to say nowadays um, just a very, I mean Like I say, initial thoughts is just a supremely, supremely efficient performance. We look well drilled. We look confident. We look fit. We look fit as fuck. Um, And it's just... Look, first game of the season. But I've been saying it before the first game of the season. I really think we are... I think we're in with a shout this year, and there's nothing in that game that I saw, other than you know James Ward-Prowse getting away with a with a with a, a bit of a, a scrappy goal, but still, you know these things happen against Southampton aren't mugs at the end of the day, you know, and I, yeah, I know they're a team that annually loses nine-one or whatever it is, but still, <laughs> they're not they're not a two-bob outfit. They're a good team. Hassan um, Hull he's somebody I don't want anywhere near Tottenham to be honest but he's still obviously a talented guy Southampton play pretty decent football they're a mid-table club a- above mid-table if they have a good season and it's a tough game it's, it's not a particularly pleasant fixture to have first game of the season but I've come away from that looking at Spurs thinking like fucking hell we mean business you know, and I, I really mean like we really mean business. It looks like we're picking up where we left off last year. No slow start, no kind of nonsense, no finding our feet, no nonsense. And that's exactly kind of in the last pod I was talking to Hainsy about. It's exactly what we expect from a manager like Conte. And I know I'm, I'm on the record with my hesitations about the man and his character and whatever, but never for a second doubted him as as a manager as what he's able to get from us and i mean maybe actually no do you know what not to let myself entirely off the hook i would have thought i'm i'm honestly i'm surprised by the performance level he's managed to ring out of some of these players um what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through each player individually after this, just to give it some structure, just so it's not completely me, just waffling off on one for however long this goes on for. But just, I don't know, there's just something very special about this Tottenham team. And I I really believe that. I mean, you know, I, anybody that's listened to this long enough now knows my love of Pochettino, you know and it's not just it's not just one of these things that like you know for anybody that doesn't know I've got Argentinian heritage I'm sure that's pretty well established now so I've always had that kind of love for Pochettino on that sort of level whether it's just you know a kind of passing silly thing or not you know I don't just instantly love Argentinian players or people hello Lacello so, um So it's not just that sort of thing. You know, I'm not really uh, big into all that, but there's just something about Pochettino. He was was lovely and I loved that time. And I I don't like the comparisons between Pochettino and Conte. But (laughs) in the same breath, this, uh, what we've just seen there and what we've seen, I reckon, in the tail end of that season last year is uh, bordering on kind of Pete Pochettino just in terms of, how solid tottenham look and yeah we do need to it is one of those things we need to look at at the end of the season let's not forget Pochettino got us 86 points in a season he he finished as a season entirely unbeaten at home um that was a really poor sentence but I'm half cut i've told you this at the start essentially we went for an entire season unbeaten at home 16 17 17 18 we were a serious serious outfit um But there's just something about this Tottenham team now that looks absolutely unbelievable. And it it shouldn't be a surprise. You know, having, let's be honest, Harry Kane and Hummin Son and even Hugo Lloris, let's give him his dues. Like, those are three players who get into most teams. I mean, Kane and Son in particular, my opinion, walk into any team in world football, any team whatsoever. They walk into any team in world football, those two players. Hugo Lloris probably gets into, let's say, 95% of teams. It's three truly world-class players. Um, so we should be we should be a great side. Um, but they can't do it all on their own. We've got to have a proper team, a functioning team around them. And that's just what I feel that we have now. And just, just looking at that, we looked so functional. We looked brilliant. Um... Look, let's, I, I, I don't want to just like lavish superlatives upon this lot. So if we go through them kind of from the start in eleven. I mean, Hugo Lloris, to be honest, I can't really think as to whether or not he could have done better with the James War prowse My instant kind of feeling from it was he couldn't have done... We could have closed Wall prowse down a bit better, but honestly, I just think it was one of those things. I think it was an all right goal. Um... I think, you know, Southampton are that type of team that can do that. James Ward-Prowse is that type of player that can do that to you. Um, Just the way it goes. And um, I think it got sort of a dodgy, you know, the way you sort of hit it into the ground, the bounce. It's a tough thing to judge. I think it would be harsh to sort of say that Lloris could have done better with that. And for the rest of the game, he made some pretty good saves. I thought, I can't recall what it was in particular, but he made one pretty decent save in I would say probably the 60th minute or so. I'm not sure who was on the end of it, but I mean, it is what it is with Hugo. He's a player that really is probably in his peak now, right? I think we maybe thought he was in his prime, his peak three, four years ago, but I would say last year in particular was probably the best season, I think, on balance I've ever seen him have for Tottenham. Um, I think sort of my, my yardstick with that is that I think even his distribution is looking pretty solid now. Um, and that's always the weakest aspect of his game, but his distribution and his covering of his near post. And I don't know. I just think he's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the France captain. He's a World Cup winner. You know, this isn't a hot take. Hugo Lloris is a good goalkeeper. The reason why we haven't been able to replace him is because the amount of money you have to spend to replace Hugo Lloris is a hell of a lot. It's £80 million. It's what Liverpool did with Alisson. You know, it's buying who? Jan Black, Someone like that? That's going to cost us £70, £80 million. Pounds. Is it that pressing to replace Hugo Lloris for that amount of money? No, it's not because Hugo Lloris is a World Cup winner. And Hugo Lloris is he's fantastic. He's a brilliant goalkeeper. He's our captain. Um, we saw in Not To Dig Out, Harry Kane. We love him. We adore him. But you saw in our all or nothing last year, you know, much as we want Harry to maybe be captain. Maybe he leads by example. There's just something else about Hugo. He's he's an experienced guy. I think the players look up to him a a lot more. And again, today, couldn't fault him. Fantastic. Um, Christian Romero, what can you say? <laughs> the lad is solid, solid as fuck. Um, he is quite truly a revelation, isn't he? I, I really can't believe we've managed to sign him. To me, he is—he's our equivalent of Van Dyke. He's a Van Dyke level signing. He's—he's he's unbelievable. His aggression, his reading of the game, his physical attributes—he he just. He's quick. He's strong. He's an unbelievable player. I think he, he made. I think he made one little fuck up in this game, and maybe that's one thing that comes through with his age. He's still very young. Uh, that's worth remembering. And it's mad. It's mad how good he is already for his age, but he is still very young. Um, maybe he is prone to the odd lapse in concentration. Um, I know Conte said the thing about it. He wants him to play with. What is it? he said something like? A full heart, but also a full mind as well, um, which seemed... It, it, that wasn't verbatim, but it was something to that effect. Something to the effect to suggest that he wants him to, to just think a little more. Don't be so rash. And we saw he had one tackle on Romeu, which on a bad day, if a referee really fancied it, he could have. Uh, I mean, he didn't even get booked on this occasion. But it's the type of thing where we've even seen a red card given. And in fact, that's if they're being particularly harsh. Um, I did find it, as a side note on that, I did find it quite funny seeing Romeo of all players sort of pissing and whining about rough challenges. Um, but yeah, Romeo. I mean, Romero. And I have, I've <laughs> Romeo, Romero. I, I've, I seem to be cursed to never get Romero's name correct. But. Christian Romero, great game. What can you say about him, you know, other than that he's a revolution. I cannot believe he's ours because he's the sort of player that you see somebody like Liverpool or Manchester. Manchester City, actually. He's a sort of City player, right? He's the type of player... Because I, I I won't kind of say that I knew anything about him before we signed him, um, other than that he was decent in Italy, you know? Um but he you know he's he's very 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 good and he is the type of player like I say that Manchester City just go and sign and you think oh who who's that that City have signed like in the past when they've signed a player like Bernardo Silva I mean Bernardo Silva's probably a bad example he was part of a very good Monaco side but still he's not a household name is what I mean uh Emerick Laporte maybe as well um a type of player that just comes into a team and they instantly take your team up another level. Um, and I said that kind of around the time when, you know, maybe after he sort of overcome his early injuries and all the kind of back and forward with going to Argentina for games and all that type of stuff during COVID, that he just looks like a transformative signing. He does. He he To me, he has that aura, that effect that somebody like Van Dijk had for Liverpool when Liverpool went from being a team that weren't as good as Tottenham. They weren't. We battered them at Wembley. And then they added Van... You know, we know all this. They added Van Dijk. They added Allison, Uh And it just took them to another level. And to me, Christian Romero is that type of player for Tottenham. He's unbelievable. I'm just so happy he's ours. He seems to be one of the lads. He seems to be one of our generals already. I. What can you say? Um, speaking of our generals, alongside him, Eric Dyer, who... I've been waxing lyrical about on Twitter this week, um, and I get it. I, as I said there, I understand it. I understand the reservations around him. He's not—he's not a ten out of ten player, right? He's not the—the the player that—that uh, is—I don't even know where I'm going with that. He's just—we—we we know what Eric Dyer's flaws are, right? He's—he's he's prone to those lapses in concentration. We see that, but. I do feel that we massively, massively undervalue him and undervalue all the things that he does very well. Really very well. I don't think he's an easy player to upgrade upon. I don't think he's an easy player to replace at all. Um, and not in the same way as Larice, but just in a similar way, in a similar sentiment as what I was saying at the top. To replace Eric Dyer, you're looking at a lot, lot, lot of money. And there's nothing to say that a player like Bastoni or Gvardol, however it's pronounced. I apologize for my gamanism. <laughs> he, uh, there's nothing to say that they're going to come in and do a better job than Eric Dyer, who to me is physically sublime. Um, I think he, I think he loves the club. I think he loves the team. I think he's somebody that a lot of players on the team look up to. I think he's captain material. I really do. Um, and. He was brilliant today. He ba- he barely put a foot wrong, um, and I think he's been brilliant under Conte. And again, you know, we're talking about all this trust Conte, trust whatever Conte wants. Again, as it was with Mourinho, and as it is under Conte, Eric Dyer is one of the trusted generals of the team, um, and I don't think it should come as a massive surprise. You know, we saw we saw in his early Tottenham career him kind of looking like he was going to be one of the best young defensive players in the country. We saw him sort of flip between whatever it was, like right back, right wing back, centre back and defensive midfielder. But he looked brilliant in all of those positions where he played. Do you know what's a funny thing? A funny thing I sort of forgot about Eric Dyer is that remember his crossing, when he used to play out on the right, his crossing was absolutely unbelievable. Um, And I do just think he's kind of got that in his locker. I do think he... Is a good footballer. I know that sounds really stupid, like to say, it, and really reductive of a Premier League player, but he seems to just be a good footballer. That's what I really like about him. Um, but I just love the fact. That I I I don't know if you've ever any of you watched the the latest All or Nothing Arsenal's one, but in that, like Arteta, one of the things when he was talking about, I know it's the game we lost, but still, when he's talking about Tottenham, he sort of singles out. He singled out like Kane, Alley and Eric Dyer he's like these are the like Tottenham guys these are the ones that know what this game means they'll get under your skin they'll kind of get to you and that's it that's what Eric Dyer is though you know Um, it's a travesty that he's not in the England team I don't buy Southgate stuff about it being that he's he's played in a back three and in England they don't play a back three it's nonsense you know he's knocking on the door now he's Look, everything, <laughs> everything in life now is a culture war, right? And the culture war is Eric Dyer or Harry Maguire. But come on, how much longer is Maguire going to take Dyer's place, man? Because Dyer is looking good. And, you know, from a player that when Conte first came in, like I've always had a lot of love for Eric Dyer. probably a lot of it on a very <laughs> toxically masculine level. He's a big lad. He's proper Tottenham. He gets stuck in. But I kind of always sort of felt he's a player we really need to upgrade on. I don't feel that way anymore. I don't. I don't feel that way. Um, I think he's brilliant. I think he had a brilliant game and that header, second goal. We came up uh, against a Southampton team that you know can, like like we say, last year they shut the game out, but we we didn't let them. That that goal that he scored today was Kane esque. You know, the the touch on that, the head, the header. The way he's kind of gotten that in is just, you know, wow. Expert analysis here, Jack. But still, um, it was unbelievable. It's a great goal. And he lived it. He loves it. I can't believe that was his, uh, they said as well in the commentary, it was his first goal for Spurs in like three years or something like that. So I would guess that his last goal for us was that North London derby goal when he shushed the Emirates, which, come on, whether we won that game or not, he should go, you know, he should go down in Tottenham folklore for that forever. Just have another sip of my uh, of my drink there. He says, Does I not drink? Um, ben Davis, like we're talking about, another player that we've been talking about needing urgently upgrading. Um, Do we? I mean, I love Ben Davis. If we're going to be horrible, if we're going to be no nonsense, he does feel like one of the players that is, you know, in kind of line for upgrading, but also urgently really i don't know he's a scrappy player man and again you know the thing about davies is like yeah he's not he's not kind of the the glamorous option but still he's effective man he's brutally effective and i can't help but feel that you know we've seen this with a team like liverpool we've seen players like i mean i don't really want to lump milner into cuz i think milner's a brilliant player i just think milner's a milner is a brilliant player but jordan henderson He's obviously a very good player, but I think his strength is that he's a brutally effective player. He plays for the shirt, he plays for the team.
1: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.
0: Everybody around him knows they can rely on him. He plays with a lot of heart and he does the basics very, very well. And I feel that Ben Davis does that. You know, he's he's a little guy, but he's he just looks brilliant. And I mean, Raj just been saying this some years back. Like literally, if you listen back, the receipts are there. They're all there somewhere. Pods from five, six, seven years ago. Rad will be on there when I'm being saying, get rid of Ben Davis, he's shite. Roger I've been saying, if you play him as a centre-back, back back three, like he does, back of a centre-back three, like he does for Wales, he'll be fantastic. And, you know, that's what he looks like. Yeah, he looks brilliant. He's looked brilliant. He's scrappy. He's determined. He's, I think, a player, uh, manager like Conte coming in is going to be looking for generals straight away. When When he wants to sort of get some kind of, get a solid base, a solid foundation to the team. He's going to be looking at players like Davies and thinking, Wales international. You know, it's a team that's just qualified for the World Cup. They rely on him kind of constantly. His injury records decent enough. He's dependable. You know, it's it, and I don't, I can't really look back at Ben Davies' Tottenham career and think, wow, there are these glaring errors that have kind of undermined what we've been trying to do I just think he's a really solid decent player and you know I still maybe I mean I'm not so sure now we got long lay-in whether or not the urgency is there for us to sign somebody this window I'm not so sure I do think maybe next summer or maybe even January we're going to try again go for Guardol or for Bastoni Um, but we'll see Um, Ben Davis for now though Great game. Great player. Whatever. Emerson, a player I've been wanting us to kind of sack off, bin off. There's a kind of, there's obviously a, you know, who is going to play right wing back. Emerson, Doherty, Spence. Spence, I think, is more of a long term option. I'm not so sure Spence is really in the running at this point in time. He's going to need to find his feet, kind of come up to speed, get as fit as Conte would probably like him to be. Um, or whatever, he's he's gonna be somebody I think we're gonna be seeing in like League Cup games, Champions League, group stage games, maybe against lesser lesser, I say in inverted commas or whatever, um options. But Emerson, you know, he ended the season. I I I'm not the biggest fan of Emerson, but he ended the season very well. Doherty ended the, well, was starting to play very well until he got injured. Um or was injured, I should say, was basically assaulted on a fucking football pitch. But Emerson, you know, again, today is great. He's, you know, a, a marauding player and their own goal. I think it was Celisu, I want to say. Um, but he, it was a result of Emerson's endeavour. Um, we know what we're getting from Emerson, I guess, so far. Um, maybe there's more to his game that we haven't yet seen. You know, there's something that convinced Barcelona whatever much of a clown car they are right now. But there's something that convinced them to sign him and he looked good. He didn't really put a foot wrong today. So, you know, fair play to him. Um, Ben Tanko, You know, Ben Tanko. one of the things that that really stood out for me today is he's massive. He's a big lad. He's really, really big. Um, And he's just solid, isn't he? He's solid. He's one of those players that I think maybe looks a bit underwhelming. Yeah. He's it's really hard to sort of tell exactly what he does, but I do think he's got a metronomic quality to him. He's a good player, he's He's just a, a really good player, he's really solid. He's pretty much exactly what was built to us, right? That uh, Juventus he was Mr. Dependable, he was Mr. Seven out of ten at least every week. Um, and that's what it feels like we have, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And that's not mean meaning to kind of belittle his talents or anything he does but he's just he's a big player he isn't rash um he's great i think he had a very good game today he sort of recycles that's the that's the term is it the au term uh he recycles possession very effectively um i like having him as an option to basically play alongside you know, whoever it is, Hoybier, Bisuma, Skip. Um it would be nice if we had a more Bentankour like player. I've seen some people say Skip could potentially be that guy. So maybe he is, but you know, he's just not, poor old Skip. He's not been lucky, um, with injuries and everything. But whatever Bentanku, solid game today. And I think probably part of what it is with Bentanku is I can't really remember much of what he did today kind of as a standout thing. So that's probably why it's easy to kind of take for granted what it is that he does. But I do feel that he's just a pretty I'll tell you what an example of what I like about Benton Coeur is when we played... Who was it in preseason? Um I think it was Sevilla. I think when we played Sevilla, Benton Coeur didn't start the game. Um, and it kind of looked like we were struggling to get a handle on things. And then he came on like in the second half, I think. And instantly, you could just kind of feel the calming presence that Bentancur brought to things. And I think that, that is important. That's the thing about him. is That's one of the main things I took from the way Tottenham played today is that we weren't scrappy. It didn't look like we were desperately trying to claw one back against Southampton. Even when we went 1-0 down, We didn't panic. We just went about our like everybody went about their jobs efficiently, calmly. It's and I think he's a kind of a main part. He's very like he's emblematic of what Tottenham are right now to me, in terms of he's just a cool, calm professional. Um and he's just very solid. He's a very solid player. Um Hoybier Decent game, decent game. Um, I probably don't give him the credit he's due. Um, yeah, my biggest, I've ne- I don't, I don't dislike Hoybia, I've never particularly loved him. Um, I've always felt he's a player we could probably upgrade on. Um, and I think we've probably done that with Basuma, we'll see that over the course of the year. But you know what, again, he's a player, he's still young enough, you know. He's, st- he's improving. He has been improving. And the thing that I won't ever take away from Hojbjerg, and this is kind of what's led to my sort of Stefan Freund comparisons, is that whatever you want to say about Hojbjerg, he plays for the shirt. He gives it his all. He doesn't always get it right, but you never say of him that he isn't committed, that he isn't trying his hardest, because he really is. Um, and I thought today he was, he was pretty decent. Again, I can't really remember. I think... I think, I want to say that he fucked up for the James Ward-Prowse goal, but I can't remember it clearly enough. So I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do him dirty like that. Um, but yeah, solid player, good performance. Again, you know, if you, want to, if you want to look decent in these type of fixes against teams like Southampton, especially teams that have players like... Yeah, he's not the best in the world, but Romeo is a solid, decent Premier League player. James Ward-Prowse, a very good Premier League player, in my opinion. He's still somebody that I'd have, I'd have him at Tottenham. I know people sort of you know, talk about that, but I'd have him at Tottenham. I'd probably... All right, if you want a hot take for today, here you go. Here you go. Buckle up. Hot take for today. I would rather have James Ward-Prowse at Tottenham than James Madison. I'm just saying it. I'm just saying it. I'm saying it. Throwing it out there. There you go. Um... But yeah, if you if you want to look good in these type of games, you gotta control midfield, and you know Bentanker, Højbjerg, the centre, the foundation of that midfield. So, who am I to dig out Hoybier or Bentanko today? Because obviously we've done a very good job there. Um, Ryan Sessignon, Ryan Sessignon. Um, I yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a, a long term stan of Sessignon, and today was very vindicating in many ways. I thought he had a brilliant game. I thought he looked busy. I thought he looked industrious. I thought he looked effective. Um, his goal was sublimely well taken. Brilliant header. I mean, abs- come Daniel i will get onto him. What a pass, but still, for on to get on the end of that. Does Cessignon of a couple of years ago approach that ball, run into that position with that level of confidence? I'm not so sure that he does. Uh, we've heard about him working with Ivan Perisic. You know, we've spoken at length before about Nudarin Nabet and Ledley King. You know, are we seeing a similar thing here? The experienced kind of old war dog in Perisic coming in and teaching this raw but brilliant talent in Sessegnon, um a few tricks? I would like to think so. He looks, I mean, physically, I would say physically, he looks fantastic at the moment, Sessegnon. But I just think that confidence is growing. Is growing bit by bit. Um, Just before he scored, he whipped in an absolutely brilliant cross. A brilliant cross. that You saw Kane didn't get on the end of it and you saw from his reaction straight away, he was like, fuck, that was a good cross. I should have been on the end of that. Um, Just see more of that from Cessna. See more of that driving down the wing, up and down. He's fit. He looks strong. He looks confident. Um, I'm... Very, very happy about him. And I think there's a there's a reason come on, there's a reason why Antonio Conte has come in, taking a look at him and Red Um and Cessnyon's the one that's come out on top, you know. There's a player there. We've seen it we saw it at Fulham. Um, the club saw it, it's why they spent 30 million pounds on him. Um uh, yeah, he's young. He's very young. He had a miserable year in Germany where he's living on his own with COVID. He didn't have COVID during the COVID pandemic. Yeah, he moved over to a new country and couldn't even go out, couldn't meet anybody, couldn't hang out and hang around with his teammates or anything. But he's still come through it. Um, I'm really excited about him. And I think he had a really good game. Um, he was, yeah, I think he was, he was up there for our play of the game, but not quite Um that brilliant. And and the funny the funny thing is, yeah, he was slightly offside, but even his finish for that second goal that well, goal that didn't count, was brilliant. Calm, cool, collected, fantastic. Um, tall map player of the game, Dayan Kulisewski, player of the game for me. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh I don't know what the rest of the top tier european teams have been doing i don't know what the fuck allegri i think it is at the time i wanna say was doing at juventus with him um because fuck me have they wasted a talent i cannot believe we signed this lad for 20 million pounds or whatever it is 20 mil 20 mil he already looks like to me he looks like an 100 million pound player he looks unbelievable He's already to me like I don't I don't want to I don't want to envisage a world where Tottenham no longer have Hermin Son or Harry Kane but what I feel like in Kulisevsky is we already have that player who is our next main man. Like he is oh everything he did today to me was just brilliant. He he's just I don't know. He's a very, very special player. I, re- I honestly believe that. I think he's, I think he's a supreme talent. Um, it's, it's hard. We've got these nebulous kind of definitions, world-class, elite, all this type of stuff. But for whatever you want to take from it personally, the way I look at, the way I perceive these type of players, he, to me, is a world-class player. He is it's funny because uh, like those comparisons are made with Phil Foden a lot because they're the same age. Um, he's in that bracket with Phil Foden. He really, I'm like, I really, I firmly believe that. It's the type of thing you say to non-Tottenham supporting friends, you you say to mates who support City or Liverpool or Arsenal or anything, you say, I think is as good as Phil Foden, they'll laugh at you, call you a deluded spud or something else. That's obviously really funny, I'm guessing, but Kulosevsky, to me, is in that bracket. He's an assist, which was unbelievable. That ball he put in for Sessignon, unbelievable. Like, truly unbelievable. Um, and his finish as well for his goal. He's just, he's, he. I'm really excited about him. I, I'm really excited about him. He's just, to me, he's a, he's, he's a wonder kid. He's world-class. Um, and I, like I said, I can't believe we've got him for £20 million. Pounds. Son and Kane, I'll, I'll lump them in together because I feel that, you know, it's disappointing that neither of them got on the score sheet, but how mad is it that Tottenham Hotspur have won 4-1 and neither Son and Kane are on the score sheet? But both of them, they're just they're the eldest statesman of the team. They're two of the best players in world football. Um they both had a, a great game by anybody's standards. By their own standards, you know, an alright, an average game. Solid. Very solid. Kane was, again, he was industrious with his passing. Son was causing problems for Southampton all the time. Uh, both of them are, are going to be tightly marked. Both of them, every time they're on the ball, attracts attention from the opposition. Um, but they both handled it well. And it allows other players, like Kullis, come to, what, what a handful for opposition teams. they got Son... And Kane to whatever double up on, and then they're letting Koleszewski run right on the other side, and we've only got Richarlison to add into the mix on that, um, which is very exciting. But Son and Kane both great, both solid today. Um, not you know not their best games, but still they're very good. Um, again, like I was saying of, uh, I think of Dyer, I can't remember somebody been waffling on for ages now. But emblematic of how Tottenham played today and what Tottenham are now—just solid, went about their jobs well. Oh, it's exciting. Um, I mean, we can't really talk much about any of the any of the substitutions. I think Basuma had a decent shot towards the end. Even Perisic came on. Looked. I mean, Perisic just said it in the last pod again. He's already one of our best players, and I do believe that. Um, I think Conte doesn't want to just drop Sessignon out straight away. And Sessignon, you know, he he is one of the older members of the team and he's one of the new members of the team. Um, There was a point that was made on the commentary that Charlotte kind of kept reminding me of that's really true, is that Conte starting with none of the new players is, it seems like a bit of a, whether it's a kind of, it's a statement, whether it's mind games or not, what it does help to do is create that competition. It creates the thirst in the new players to want to get on the pitch, but it also reminds all of those lads on the pitch that you know there's all these new shiny, brilliant footballers on the bench waiting to take their place. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's I don't think it's even like that. You know, we got five substitutions nowadays. Um, nowadays, nowadays, if you say you got five substitutions, you can use them all and end up in jail. But. Uh, five substitutions we used them all he brought on four at the same time felt a bit performative but I quite liked it I quite liked the fact that we were like you know what we're 4-1 up we're going to change four players over fuck you Southampton Um, fantastic game absolutely superb loved it Um, I love getting one over Southampton they're a weird team that are weirdly rattled by us because we signed Dean Richards back in the day they've never gotten over that we went to well, I went to Southampton away a couple of years back. Um, a fan when we were on the when we were on the train, basically getting back, they beaten us. I think James Ward-Prowse has scored a free kick. Um, we were getting back on the train. A Southampton fan ran up to the train and held a picture of Anne Frank up to the window of the train, uh, which was just kind of like. Well, obviously, it's vile and really anti-Semitic, and you know, the, just just those little things, just those little bits. But just kind of on a on a sort of other level, other than that, it's like it's not even funny, is it, mate? It's just a bit weird. Um, so I sort of hate them as a result of that as well, on a personal level. But yeah, I just I think they're a, a weird club. They're solid, they're decent, but these are the type of games that Tottenham need to be turning up in that historically we haven't always done but funnily enough the last time we looked fucking good under Pete Pochettino we were turning over teams like Southampton Southampton in particular and we're doing it again 4-1 fucking fantastic result fucking fantastic performance I was really excited ahead of this season um, and this hasn't done anything to damper that we to me in my opinion make no mistake We're a fucking serious outfit this season. Um, And there's some really good things to come. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed that. If you have done, please share. I was saying this the other day, like the pod in general, if you you do enjoy it, please, you know, it's the power of social media. It's the only way it's going to get out there. Um, I'm not going to do a Patreon. Don't really sort of, you know, whatever, I'm not digging it out. I just, I don't want to do a Patreon. I don't want to do any of the paywall stuff. I am going to try and do more content for everybody this year. So all I ask is, if you can, please just share it, write reviews, leave ratings on your podcast platform of choice. Just give us a retweet, give us a quote retweet where you can say, ha 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 listen to this mug, make a twat of himself, and keep calling Romero Royale. What a gammon. If it's even that, great, do it. Um, but yeah, please do share the pod. Leave ratings, leave reviews. Hope you've enjoyed it. Come on you Spurs, we're winning the fucking lot this year.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United UnitedHealthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig.